Hello. How are you guys today? All right, you guys remember what we talked about yesterday? Talked about worship, all right? There's a whole lot of different things we can do um, in God, for God, for us, for others, okay? Um, what we're going to talk about is intercession today. Um, and intercession kind of starts with prayer, but it can go to be more than that. And these guys are all um, intercessors at some level, and they're going to talk about their experience with it. But what I wanted to share with you guys first was um, someone in the Bible who interceded. There's a lot of people in the Bible who intercede, but um, this is Solomon. Do you guys remember David, David and Goliath? Solomon is David's son. Um, David wanted to build a temple for God because he loved God so much. A temple is kind of like a church. Um, and David wanted to build one, but God said, ah, you've killed a little too many people in your life in battle for me to let you build a house of worship for me. But he said, I'll let your son build it. So Solomon built a temple for God, which I said is kind of like a church. And um, when Solomon was dedicating this temple, um, he prayed a prayer. And uh, I'm going to read this prayer, which it's an intercessory prayer for us. Solomon is praying for us. And basically what he's saying in this prayer is, God, when other people a long time from now, far away from now, um, hear about you and pray to you, I request that you answer their prayers the same way you answer our prayers, okay? So I'm going to read this prayer that Solomon said to God interceding for us. Moreover, concerning a stranger, we would be those strangers, who is not of your people Israel, but comes from a far country for the sake of your name and your active presence. For they will hear of your great name, your revelation of yourself, your strong hand and outstretched arm. When the stranger shall pray in or toward this house of worship, here in heaven, your dwelling place, and do according to all that the stranger asks of you, so that all peoples of the earth may know your name and your revelation of your presence, and fear and revere you as do your people Israel, and may know and comprehend that this house which I have built is called by your name and contains the token of your presence. So Solomon was praying that, God, I really want you to have the same kind of relationship with the other people that will come as you have with us. So that's an example of intercession. And with that, we're going to hand it over to the panel. They're going to talk about their experiences. And if you guys have any questions at any point, just raise your hand. We'll get a microphone to you, and then you can ask it. Good afternoon, guys. How's it going? Excellent. Well, we're all going to introduce ourselves, and then we're going to tell you each a little bit about maybe a prior experience that we've had just to uh, open up the, the session here. So my name is Andy. Hi, Hi guys. Hey, hey buddy. Um, yeah. Well, uh, intercession for me is a new thing, as it's probably a new thing for you guys also. Um, and it really develops out of having a lifestyle of prayer. And it's definitely a growth. It's definitely a process. And it's something that you uh, learn to walk in. And it's not just a uh, overnight thing, but it, it's actually a lifestyle. Just like this guy's an audio skateboard shirt on. Those guys skate as a lifestyle. Like that's that's what they do. And it's just like God will label uh, different people in the spiritual realm. Like if if he's made to be an intercessor, he's labeled with that, and that's his lifestyle. 
or if someone's called to a lifestyle of prayer and fasting or to preach the gospel to the nations, like that's the lifestyle that they live. And he's going to equip each and every one of you to see you uh, walk his desires out in the earth. So. Hi, everybody. I'm Luke. <laughs> Howdy. Um, how many people like to worship? Everybody. You know, God calls us, I know it's going back to yesterday, but God calls us also not only to worship here in church, but also to worship with our lives. And God's called me to worship more than just at church, but also in my life, everyday life while I'm at, when you guys were at, be at school, I'd be at work. Uh, when you're at home with your family, uh, when your brothers or sisters are nagging you, still to obey God. And the more you obey God, the more he speaks to you and tells you, and you know what's on his heart, he tells you what's on his heart, and that's where intercession starts. That when you hear what is on his heart, then you begin to have compassion for the person that God placed on your heart, and you want to pray for them and stand between their problem and God and close the gap between that so that God can move and go right to their problem and um, so they don't have such a difficult time. And like Andy was saying, some people are called to that, but everybody can do it, so. Hi everybody, I'm Joel. Good to meet you guys. Hi. You raced me on the four-wheeler. Did I win or did you win? Man, you guys won. Gotcha. I'll have to push the throttle faster next time. Um, intercession is what we were talking about this morning. Um, how many of you know what intercession means or is? Not very many. It's okay. Um, Intercession is a lot like prayer. Uh, it starts with prayer. How many know what prayer is? There you go. And that's fine. It, it'll, it'll be birthed from prayer as you guys, which means as you guys begin to pray more consistently, God will start giving you his burdens. And he'll start, um, in a very simple way, you'll start feeling God's heart for other people. And you'll start praying for them in that manner. It's very powerful stuff. I mean, all through the Bible, there's men and women of God who lived lives of intercession. They started out much like you guys, and uh, God just started getting a hold of their hearts. And uh, he uses that because it's powerful. Because where we walk in the earth is what he's given us the earth. He's given us the earth to uh, oversee, to rule over. And uh, there's, that's powerful. And uh, you guys like to win games and stuff, right? And like, you like to be in somewhat control of when you're in a situation. Well, God's given you control over the earth, and when you subject, subject yourself to him, he starts enabling you to, with power, control things um, for him. Um, I wanted to read a real quick, quick scripture. Jesus Christ, um, it's one of my favorite scriptures. It's in uh, John 17, and uh, it says, I have manifest your name. I have revealed your very self. This is Jesus Christ talking. Your, your real self to the people whom you have given to me out of the world. 
They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they, were, and they have obeyed and kept your word. Now at last they know and understand that all that you have given me belongs to you. It really is truly yours. And then he, said, he goes on to talk about the, thing, the words that, he gave, that God gave Jesus, his son, for us. He's given to them. And that's really what intercession is in its simplicity. It's God's giving us things for the people that we love. You guys all have friends, right? Who, who has a best friend? Um, amen. Everybody has best friends. Great. It's fun to have best friends. You share things with them. Well, what happens with intercession is you, you start to hear God's heart for your best friend, for instance. For example, and you start praying for them and things that you might know of even that they're having a hard time with. You start praying for them, and that becomes intercession so that you can help them through that time if it's a tough time or even something simple. Hi, guys. I'm Heather. Hi. All right. Um, I've been really starting to experience what intercession is since about last summer, and that's when I really started, like, interceding for others. At first, it was just, like, prayer. Like, because you can pray for somebody, and you can lay hands on them and, and pray for them, but it's, like, it becomes intercession when, when there's a, it starts to feel like a burden on your heart, and you can feel, like, God's desire for them and the burden on their heart. So the other day, I was praying, and um, I was, I was kind of, like, just praying to God and stuff like that, and then all of a sudden, like, the names of some of my friends started coming into my head, and I was just like, this person, this person, and it was, like, people who I knew who had problems, like emotional problems or things going on at, at home and stuff like that. So then I started like, at first I was praying for them so that they would like come through. But then I started interceding for them because God gave me a revelation of what they were going through. And so I started becoming a burden on my heart um, of, of what they were going through. And, and I, I felt God's burden and how he longs for them to be set free. And so it was. It was a kind of cool. It was kind of cool of experience, because I was praying for people who I didn't like, like, like I like them. I, like I don't like them as a person. Like what they do, but like I love them because I'm. We're called to love everyone, but I don't. Um, I just. It was just kind of like you know the weird and you're just kind of like. Ew. But um, just like even some people who are just angry and and people who have been rejected and stuff like that. So, it's. It's when it's like it's it's prayer when like say you're having like a prayer meeting you're just praying for somebody but then it becomes interse intercession when you when you start to care about them so hey, hey I'm Deborah hi um. I started getting into intercession like a year ago, but it wasn't really a year ago because we went to this mission strip and we would pray sometimes. I mean, like we would get in, we had to get up in the middle of the night and pray for the people who were sleeping. So I guess I got into that a little bit. So I knew what was going on, but I wasn't really into it until after we came back from Brazil. And um, I started it during worship. Like during worship, I would just start to pray and it would get really intense. 
and God would like tell me stuff that was on his heart because you know how you share with your friends stuff that's in your heart like stuff that you like and stuff that you don't like so God tells us that too as we get closer to him so he starts telling me stuff and I keep I like start praying for it and it gets really intense and I was like what's going on here like I didn't know I could pray this hard <laughs> and then um I like I like doing it during worship like really close to the speakers so nobody can hear me when I'm like screaming and going crazy and stuff so um yeah that's about it <laughs> Does anybody have any questions, like what specifically is intercession, or how would you intercede, or can you give an example? We'll talk about some stories, but does anybody have any questions right now? None? All right. We'll, we'll share some stories, and maybe that'll spark some uh, questions. If you have a question, raise your hand. My wife will get you the mic. I'm going to start with a story that you guys probably know. How many of you guys have seen Lord of the Rings? Okay, good. I'm glad. So you guys know Frodo and Sam, right? In those movies, uh, Frodo was the ring bearer, and he was the only person of the fellowship that could carry that ring to, uh, to the mountain where it was created, and he has to cast it in the fire. And who knows that Sam had to go with him. If Sam wasn't with him, Frodo wouldn't have made that journey. And... Uh, Something that intercession might look like for you guys is like Frodo and Sam's relationship and their friendship where Frodo wouldn't able to, would not have been able to make that journey and, and have victory unless Sam was with him. And that's what you guys can do when you're interceding for your friends. Is that you're, you're stepping into their place and you're going before God in his throne room and asking that they have victory over something. It's almost like if you're... You ever been sitting in the classroom and you're taking a test and you don't know the answer to a question and you really wish your best friend was right next to me like, just be, come on, just write B. Like that's kind of, you know what I mean? And, and it's not their job to answer the question for you. You have to write it out. But when, uh, isn't that a cool thought to, to know that there's one of your friends is always praying for you and constantly interceding for you to get the right answer, no matter if it's just a test in life, you know what I mean? So that's just a, a, that's a relative example for you guys of how intercession can be used so that all you guys benefit from the, from the friendships that you have and the brothers and sisters in Christ that you guys can share this walk with. So. Uh, I want to share a story from the Bible, and then maybe I'll remember the one I was going to share about my own life. Um, the story I was going to share is there's this one prophet, Ezekiel, and uh, God told him, because another way that intercession happens is through action. Like, uh, it's when you, you're praying and you have a burden. It's basically a burden from God, and uh, that, that might seem really foreign to you guys, but uh, it, it's basically very similar to, like, if you're passionate about something, even if it's something simple, like winning a, a sports event or um, hanging out with your your girlfriends and and uh, I don't know like having pillow fights I don't know what you guys do and you guys have sleepovers or whatever but just things that you really really enjoy doing it, it, you have a desire to do it's very similar to that but uh, it it has it has it reaches heaven because um, even though it might seem so far away that that's actually what governs everything is is the government of heaven 
And when we, when we uh, are able to understand that and as, we, as, we, as you gain understanding from that through praying and being around people that you know um, have a prayer life or at least appear more spiritual to you, than you, um, your spiritual leaders, people that are over you in your churches, even your family, your household, your parents, um, they're, they're watching over you and they're actually, through their lives, a lot of times making intercession for you because they wanna see you succeed. So and I think one thing for me, it humbled me when I realized how far I've come because of what other people have done in prayer for me and that I didn't accomplish anything on my own that they actually brought me to that place through um, their praying for me. And uh, there's a, a prophet named Ezekiel in the Bible. How many have heard of Ezekiel? He's a pretty radical guy in the Old Testament. Um, God spoke to him one time to uh, lay on his left side for 390 days. Does that sound like a long time? Who would like to lay on their side for 390 days? I wouldn't. But that's what he told him to do. Lay on your side and in the sight of Israel as a, as a uh, almost uh, like an intercession and a prophecy against them. And, the, and it each day represented a year that they were rebelling. So that's a burden on God's heart. We're going to talk about some other burdens on God's heart and, and what, God, what the people of God are doing and what you guys can also um, become a part of. And uh, it's very, it's, it's a very real thing, even though it might not seem so uh, tangible to you guys. It might not seem like such a relevant thing to you guys. It might be just more simple. And that's okay, too. It's a process. If, if you just start with prayer, um, intercession will become almost, it'll, it'll just become natural after a while. But he laid on his side for Israel, then he had to turn over and lay on his other side for another 40 days for Judah. And... Uh, and then one other story in the Bible is there was a prophet that went to the king, and uh, he told the king to strike the ground. He gave him a staff, gave him a big stick, and said, strike the ground. And the king didn't give him any more instruction. The king struck the ground, and he's like, striking the ground. And he struck it three times. And then the prophet said, why did you only strike, strike the ground three times? And the king's probably sitting there thinking, because it's weird. Uh, why am I striking the ground? And uh, the prophet said, because you only struck the ground three times, you only have partial victory when you fight against these other armies and people that you have to conquer. But if you had struck it more times, then you're, you would have had complete victory. So intercession can be words. Um, they can also be actions. So it goes, uh, it goes deeper than that. Prayer usually most of the time is words. But when it, when it turns into action, it's, it's almost all of the time intercession or prophecy. You guys like stories? How, you guys like intense stories? Yeah? You guys didn't sound like you liked the intense stories. All right, no intense stories, sorry guys. <laughs> we'll talk to you later. <laughs> Did you, you wanna share what you were saying earlier? All right, well, how many of you are, I think Joel asked this earlier, but how many of you are passionate about something? Like you can say like, this is my, I love doing this, this is my favorite thing to do in the world. Okay, now how many of you 
have ever wanted to do something so bad and you would have done anything to, to be able to do that. Like, if you're on a soccer team and you guys want to win, you're like, I really want to win. I'm really passionate about winning. I hate losing. I must win. Anybody say they felt that desire come over them? Or if your parents, you wanted to go somewhere with your friend and your parents were like, no, we don't really want you to go. And you're like, please, I just really want to go. Like, I have to go. I'll do anything. I'll do the dishes. I'll wash the car. I'll vacuum my room. I'll put my clothes away. I'll do everything you want. Anybody ever done that? Begging? Yes. Pleading? <laughs> So you can say that at some point in your life, you felt desperate to do something, right? There's been a desperation, like, if I don't do this, I'm going to die. <laughs> now, obviously, you know you're not going to die because it's just like your friend's house or something, and you're not going to fall over dead if you don't go. But that's what we're talking about when we're talking about intercession. When, when we come into a place of, um, like Luke was saying, when he comes into worship and, and he gets closer to God, once you begin to really know who God is, like intercession starts with an encounter, just like worship. Like you can't worship God unless you know who he is or know what he's done. Like you can, but it just doesn't mean as much. It's the same with intercession. You have to have that encounter. So a lot of times it comes through worship. You're, you're worshiping and, and, and then you feel like, oh man, I feel... Like, I want to pray for my friend who I know is really depressed because her parents are going through a tough time or something, and I just want to pray for her. And that's God putting that on your heart um, to see that other person be brought up to another level, to encourage them and to lift them up. Um, and another time that you'll, you'll notice things is, how many of you watched The End of the Spear last night? You watched that movie? You fell asleep. <laughs> well, you saw the part where... where uh, it's been a while since I've seen it. Anyway, they killed the missionaries, right? The tribe. How many of you were like, man, that's wrong. Why did they do that? You feel bad. You know, you're like, oh, that's so, why would they do that? And it's just like this, it's because it's injustice. And a lot of our intercession is brought out of this place of, of wanting to see justice. Like, um, they're going to talk a little bit about, are you going to talk about they're going to talk a little bit about abortion. How many of you know what abortion is? It's, it's not right. How many of you, you believe it's not right to kill innocent babies? Yeah, that's injustice. So inside of you, it's like, ugh. And maybe it's not as personal to you because you don't know anyone or you're not, you know, you don't feel like, oh, I'm not old enough to even, why, 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 do, why, does that, why does that apply to me? But it's just something in you that wants to see things done right. Like you want to see things done right. That's how God made us. I mean, there's a, there's a side that... that um, when we're in this world, there's like this attractiveness to sin, but God made you to want to do right. And so when, when things happen in the world that are unjust, it turns something in your heart and you begin to feel a passion towards, okay, well, what can I do to make it right? What can I do to make it right? And that's where intercession comes in. You're like, okay, I'm going to go more than just praying. I'm going to go a little bit above and I'm just going to say, God, I know that this is right and I want you to do, I want you to have your way and do this thing that's right. And that's where this, this passion or that desperation rises up in you. Um, and that's where your prayers are going to turn to intercession. I don't know if they said it this time or not, but it's not intercession until you care. Like you can pray for someone. I can pray for her. Oh, God, bless her. I pray that she has good uh, days and, and is happy. But if I really care about her, if I'm like, oh, I really love Alicia. I really want her to have an encounter with God. I'm going to be like, oh, God, 
I cry out that Alicia would serve you all of her days and that everything she asked for, you would give her in Jesus' name. And it's just like, when you care about it, it's like, it's so much more, like, important. Like, if your friend just found out she had cancer and she's going to die in the next, whatever, three days or something, and there was anything that you could do, wouldn't you do it? If there was anything you could do, you would do it, right? You would raise a million dollars in a day. You would do anything it would take to, to save that person's life. So that's what we do when we come before God. And even in, in desperate situations like that, we're crying out, God, come, would you come, would you come? And that's when it turns from, from just praying. Because you wouldn't just come before God and say, God, my friend is dying of cancer, and I just hope that you would come and, um, and save her. No, you'd be desperate, right? God, I'm crying out, God, this is not right. This is unjust. I want to see her saved. I want to see her live a long life because that's what he desires too. So when God's desires line up with our desires, then we can pray them, you know? And it's intercession because it's, it's what's on his heart. He doesn't want anyone to die of cancer. Do you know that? He doesn't want anyone to have a bad day either. <laughs> it's not his desire. He wants to see everyone happy and healthy and full of joy. So that's how you can... Start interceding. All right? Anybody track with that? <laughs> Amen. That felt good, didn't it? Even when she was just praying for you. See, it, you can bless people by interceding for them. That's the purpose of intercession. Even when she was giving an example. Sometimes we practice in church. We just bring a person up and we just intercede for them and pray for them. And that person ends up, gets, ends up getting blessed prophesied to words of wisdom come out i mean it's like just practice and and the pastor our pastor just says okay we're just going to practice let's just bring this person up we got a question no dang it almost had a question we're this close to having a question uh anybody have any questions okay i'll, I'll ask a question from the last time the question from did I do that? The the question from the last time was uh, how do you what if you don't even like to pray? And that was a really good question because sometimes people are like, I don't even really know what intercession is. If it's past prayer, I don't even really like to pray. And uh, you wanna talk about Mike Bickle over here? She was talking about how Mike Bickle, who's heard of Mike Bickle? Anybody? It's a guy from IHOP. Who's heard of IHOP? International House of Pancakes. Just kidding, prayer. It's a it's a place in Kansas City, and uh, they they've done 24-hour, seven days a week worship and intercession for the last seven years, seven and a half now. So it's been going on continually for like half you guys' lives. That's pretty powerful. So they're getting downloads and downloads and downloads of of things. Um, for the nations, for and it's in things on God's hearts, and, and, it, and it's one of those things that really does happen through consistency. Um, and I, I had said about you guys like cheeseburgers. Who likes cheeseburgers? You guys all like cheeseburgers. I know it. Ham, okay, hamburgers. Well, okay, I, I was saying how. Well, how do you get hamburgers? How do you get a cheeseburger? You go to the place that has it. So I was encouraging the people to uh, to go hang out with someone that you know prays. Go spend time with. Try to make yourself available. Um, 
Go to the times when people that you know are going to meet for church and pray. Go, to, go find someone in your life, whether maybe it's a parent, maybe it's an older sibling, maybe it's someone that lives uh, down the street that you know loves Jesus, but uh, that they pray and you can watch them and learn from them. You can, be, you can start experiencing from them um, and it'll actually kind of rub off on you. That's how it happened for me. I hung out with this guy that I like a lot and he prayed a lot and pretty soon it started becoming what I did because I started, it started just to kind of transfer over and it was really kind of simple that way. I'm going to share a story and then we might do something fun. <gasps> fun. tired. Okay, so everybody stand up. Okay, now, Deborah's going to help me with this. Deborah, come, you're going to have to stand over there. What we're going to do, we're going to jump up and down. Everybody jump up and down. Jump up and down. Jump up, make some noise. Come on. Woo! Woo! Okay, now sit down. Now sit down. You got five seconds. Five, four, three, two, one. Okay, you get a, you get a high five. All right, so um, <laughs> let's get you guys a little pumped up. Um, so how many people knew about abortion? And okay, it, it, is, it, is, a, it is a bad thing and um, it's an injustice, just like Tiff was saying, that it's, it's injustice and that God does not want that happening and he doesn't want little babies' lives being cut short just because the mother doesn't want it or it's because it's an inconvenience. But um, we've had some experience with interceding for the babies because babies can't, in the womb, they don't have a voice because you, they, you can't hear, um, you can't hear them screaming or crying or anything. I mean, you can feel a baby move, but you can't like listen to it. So we were at this church one time and well, before that, at our church, we started, like, when we would pray, we would get this, this, um, the Spirit of God would come on us, and because God is so powerful and he's so glorious that we can't, um, handle the anointing, so we would just start screaming and screaming and screaming, this high-pitched scream, and even, like, Joel and a, a lot of people in our church was like, this is weird, because it was kind of annoying, and they were just like, and it was like, our, we would scream over worship. And we had loud worship, and our screams were over worship. It's mostly, yeah, me and you. And, um, and so we didn't know what that what stood for, because like, a lot of those like, kind of manifestations are like prophetic, and they're like intercession. So then we were at a church, and, um, and so we were screaming in this little prayer room that they had. And I started screaming out, Mommy, 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 save me. Mommy, 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 don't kill me. Mommy, Mommy, Mommy. And then she started screaming, Jesus, 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 send someone to save me. And then she had a vision of a, of a little kid, a little baby in, in a desert, and he was surrounded by darkness. And then she saw God's hand come up and swoop him up and, like, deliver them out of that place of darkness. And so that's kind of like the situation that the baby's in 
where, where they don't have control over the situation. They can't tell their mothers that they're there, that they're alive, that they can feel it, and that they're, they're um, human beings. And so, and, and you had. Right. Okay. So after that, we're like screaming, and I don't think anybody at our church liked our screams. I really don't. <laughs> I didn't like it because I was like, oh my gosh, this is so loud. It's so annoying. And my throat really hurt when I was doing it. And I was like, oh God, what are you doing? But God, I knew that God wanted me to do that because He made me do it. So one day we went to like minister to this church, but it was in a park. There was like this little river thing. But it was like a picnic thing. And before it started, we started praying. And then we went to this other place to pray, like where people wouldn't really see us. So we could do whatever. So we were there praying, and I started speaking in tongues. And I couldn't speak any, I mean, I couldn't speak English anymore. Like all I could speak was tongues. And I was like, I didn't know what I was saying, and I didn't know what I was doing. And people were like, okay, Deborah, we're, we're going to talk now. Like, because our pastor came and he wanted to tell us what we were going to do during that meeting. So he started talking and he was like, can you, you know, be quiet because I'm trying to talk here. And I couldn't stop talking. I, like, tried to close my mouth and I'm like, and I couldn't do it. So, and I didn't know what I was saying. And then I start, we were sitting on the floor and I started doing these little hand motions as I was, like, talking to somebody, but there was, like, nothing there. I mean, there were people sitting around, but I wasn't talking to the people because I was looking at these things on the floor. Afterwards, I found out that there were angels that I was talking to, but that's later on in the story. So I was there, and I was doing weird things, and then we had to come in for the meeting. So we came in to the place, and they were all sitting there and eating, because we were going to eat before the meeting, right? Mm -hmm. So they were eating, and I walked out to the other side. I'm going to walk to the other side. <laughs> so, and there were these tables, these picnic tables, and like benches and stuff and I start going through each one and I started naming angels because there were angels lined up for me to name them so I started naming each angels and those angels were the leaders of the other angels they're leaders of armies that were going to go fight for God so I was naming each one of them and I was telling them where they were going to go I was telling them what their mission was and why they had to do it and what where they were going to go so after that I mean people were still looking at me weird because I'm speaking in tongues and nobody can see anything, so I'm just going like this to, and talking in a weird language that nobody knows. It's like, who's that crazy person doing that, and why is she going to minister to us? Yeah, <laughs> why did they bring her here? Anyways, so I was like talking to the angels, and then worship started. So I was like, all right, I'll go worship, because I like worship, worship school. So I was like there worshiping, and I was like, I just feel like I'm not supposed to be here. So I went outside in the place, like it was like in the sun, and there was this picnic table outside the place. So I just sat there. I'm gonna go sit there. So I sat there in this bench, right? But it was long. And then I turned to my side, and th there's nothing there. And I started talking to this thing. And then I realized it was an angel sitting next to me, and it was the leader of the whole thing. He was the main angel, but he was little. It was like this big. And I was talking to him. And then I realized that's when I started to understand what I was doing. Then I realized it was an angel and all the other ones were angels. So I started talking to it and I was like, and then I realized I was telling the angel my story and the story of my life. And in like, for like a minute and a half, I told him my whole life because I was speaking in tongues and it's just weird. I don't know how I 
how it happened. But then the angel started speaking to me, and I could understand what it was saying. I know it's a little weird, but God gives you revelation sometimes. So, and then the angel was telling me their story, what the angels were doing there. And the angel was like, you know, we, we are the angels that were assigned to those babies who were aborted, those babies who were in the womb, and we never got to do our job because those babies were never born. So we went right back up to heaven and we didn't really do anything. So because we were crying out day and night, God sent us down to the earth to make up a huge army to fight for those other babies who are still alive and who are gonna be alive so they wouldn't be killed anymore and so their other, the other angels could do their job and the other babies could live and they could do their job on the earth, the calling that God has for them. Because before the foundation of the, the, the earth, God planned us. He had a plan for your life before he even made the earth. So, so then when you kill a baby, when you abort a baby, you're messing up God's plan because that baby is never going to fulfill its calling. So, so I was praying for it. I was talking to the, to the angel, and the angel was like, yeah, this is what we're here for, to fight with you guys. So, but that was intercession because if I hadn't named those angels and if I didn't tell them where to go, that would have never happened because God had for me to do that. Nobody else could do that that way because when God planned me, he made me to do that. And he made you guys to do something else that nobody else can do. And that's why it's so important for you to right now be connected with God's heart. And, that's, and when, you, when I did that, it released something in heaven. And when it re that was released in heaven, it was released on earth so that other people could be saved. And that's it. <laughs> Okay, we're gonna do two more things. Stick w stick with us. Don't fall asleep or start talking to your friend yet. Um, one, who has ever heard of a life band? It's this red thing I have on. What is it? Do you know what it is? You've seen them before. Who knows what it? Does anybody know what it is? Could you give it a quick description. Maybe give it a try. Give them a mic. Maybe it's for the abortion stuff. Now, there's a group of people that stand in front of the, uh, the, yeah? And, give the mic. Is it like on the t-shirts where it's save the people? I'm sorry? Is it like on the t-shirts where it says save the people? Save the people? No. It's a, it's something that was, that started happening in Washington, D.C., um, and they, they would they they started out wearing life tape on their their across their lips, and life tape is uh, it's red duct tape basically that says life on it, and they don't speak at all. They just stand there in front of the. Uh um, we actually went up in um, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, because Harrisburg is the capital of Pennsylvania, and we went up with um, our the youth group up there, and we stood on the Capitol steps. And what you do is you stand there in complete silence. And like, you can pray in your head or whatever, but you're standing there in silence to represent the silence that the, the babies have to go through where they can't, um, they can't cry out. So you're standing there and the people, those are the lawmakers who can overturn that. So you're trying to influence them, but you're not yelling out saying, save the baby, save the babies. You're, you're doing it like standing in silence. So 
it's a silent protest and it's it gets kind of frustrating at first because you want to yell out you want to cry out and say save them save them save them but it's like it puts you in the place of the baby yeah so what we want to be able to do is equip you guys because abortion is a major issue in our nation uh, so what, what we're going to do now is we're going to teach you a prayer when you receive one of these life bands, if you guys have internet access, you can actually go to boundforlife.com or thecause.com, and you can order these life bands and pass them out to your friends uh, to just show your support for the ending of abortion in this nation. Um, and we can get that information to tip if you guys are interested. So, But what we want to do now is that when you receive each wristband, there's a prayer that's written on the package, and it's a 22-word prayer, 21 or 22, and... Uh, Back, uh, I don't know, I don't know what year it was, but prayer was taken out of public schools. How many know that you used to be able to pray in school and it wasn't a problem? Did you guys know that? Well, about 30 or 40 years ago, prayer was taken out of school, and it was a 22-word prayer that was prayed each morning. And uh, God gave this man, Lou Engle, who's who's heading up this movement to end abortion in this nation, he gave him a 22-word prayer, and uh, it goes like this. It goes, Jesus, I plead your blood over my sins and the sins of my nation. God, end abortion and send revival to America. So what we're going to do is we're going to have you guys stand up right now. And uh, if you guys want to repeat after me, we're going to say it. We're going to just pray this out because it's making a difference. And this is how you guys can, you guys can get up each morning. If you, if you don't have anything else to pray, pray this because it's a major issue in our nation. And when it ends, there's going to be such a move of God that takes place. So if you guys just want to repeat after me, just focus your hearts on the Father right now as we pray to him. Jesus... I plead your blood over my sins and the sins of my nation. God, we pray that you would end abortion and send revival to America. We're going to say it six more times. Come, Lord. Yeah, we're going to say it together this time. Jesus, I plead your blood over my sins and the sins of my nation. God, end abortion and send revival to America. Jesus, I plead your blood over my sins and the sins of my nation. God, end abortion and send revival to America. Jesus, I plead your blood over my sins and the sins of my nation. God, end abortion and send revival to America. Jesus, I plead your blood over my sins and the sins of my nation. God, end abortion and send revival to America. Jesus, I plead your blood over my sins and the sins of my nation. God, end abortion and send revival to America. Jesus, I plead your blood over my sins and the sins of my nation. End abortion, God, and send revival to America, Lord. Amen. Stay, stand, stay standing, stay standing. We're going to do one more thing just to kind of give you a picture of what intercession was. We were, we were talking about it a second ago when we first started, and I, yeah, move the table. And I, uh, I got this picture of a game you guys might know, um, um, and us playing it, just to give you a picture of what intercession, uh, a good description of what intercession is. It's called electricity. Who knows who's ever played electricity? It's where you, like. We just plug a cord in and touch it. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's cool, huh? Told you it'd be fun. I told you it'd be fun. No, what it is is we're going to divide you guys in direct in halves. There's going to be half, half the people on this side and half the people on this side, and there's going to be two teams. 
It's, this is going to be a picture. I want you to really have fun, but it, it's a picture of what intercession is. The reason being it's a picture is you'll see that one person will get the information or the download, which is, is, is going to be the kind of the picture of what um, intercession is, the burden of God, and, and it's gonna, you're going to have to work together to get to the prize. And then the first person to, what, five? No, just one. You only need one. You only want one. Um, first person to, the person up front, it's going to, what it is is you all hold hands and you face forward. One person in back, one, one hand in back. Um, you, they'll get it after the first or second try, right? Or do you want to do an example? All right. Um, everybody line up, single file, and we're going to count off. All right, there are ones and there are twos, okay? I'm going to go down the line and count you guys off. Yeah, we're, we're not starting the game yet. We're going to figure out what team you're on, okay? So there are, everybody listen. Everybody listen. Um, I'm going to count off. Okay, I need you to be single file, not like four wide. I need you to be one wide, okay? Remember the number that I give you, okay? One, two, 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 one, two. One, two, 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 one, two. Did I miss anybody? Okay, I need the ones on the left. I need the twos on the right. You're not, no, you're in the middle here, right here in the middle, right here in the middle. Two rows. One's on the left. Two's over here. I'm, I'm the leader. Who has the quarter? Johnny! Good. Okay. Everybody needs to face this way. And I need you guys to squat down Indian style. So you're going to need enough room. Yeah. We should only have a difference of one. You got to be a single file line facing this way. Everybody be exactly like the person in front of you. It's going to be hard for you guys to do it if you're sitting like that. Why don't one of you guys go to the back? Okay. All right. Let me explain what's going to happen. No one is going to look back except for the person at the back of the line. Okay? So everybody's looking this way except for the person at the back of the line. 
John is going to flip a coin. The two back people are going to look at that coin. If it's heads, they're going to squeeze the hand of the person in front of them. If your hand gets squeezed, you squeeze the hand of the person in front of you. Are there any questions? Okay. At the very end of the line, that doesn't matter. Um, at the end of the line, at the front up here, the two people at the front have to race to grab this. As soon as they get their hand squeezed, they get to grab it, okay? Now, the problem is if, if someone in the line accidentally squeezes the hand, it's going to go all the way down. So the goal of this is to have accurate communication, and this is illustrating that you're depending on the people behind you to intercede for you to receive the proper command and pass that command on to you, okay? So there will be times when the team will accidentally grab it and they'll actually lose, okay? So you get, uh, you get a positive point and a negative point, okay? Yeah, every time you get it right, the person at the front of the line gets to go to the back of the line and we rotate through, okay? Yes, everybody needs to hold hands now and no looking back, all right? John is going to be the coin flipper and...